and I want to talk this morning about cracked pots. Not a crack pot, <laughs> but cracked pots. Second Corinthians 4, 6 through 7, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that. But we throw things away uh, when they get broken, and sometimes we, in our family we throw things away that aren't broken. We forget about it, and they're ending up in the landfill. But, but you know, God cherishes and uses broken people. He, he really does. And if you're broken down in, in a cracked pot today, my friends, uh, rejoice. Because God will use you to build his kingdom. We moved to Kansas 30 years ago. And uh, I've discovered that Kansans are a unique kind of people. There's no other place that I'd rather live right now. Uh, I love Kansas. And, people are, and I love Topeka. And people are saying, you're absolutely nuts. You know, I, I've, you know we've, we've traveled the world. And, and you, you like Topeka? Yeah. And I love the Kansan people. But I came across a list, because you guys are so unique, I'm a transplant, but you are unique people. And I came across a list to let you know if you're really a Kansan, okay? It, you're, you're, you're a real Kansan if you've ever had to switch from heat to cool on the same day. Uh, you know someone, you know you're a Kansan if you know someone who consulted the K-State or KU football schedule uh, to plan their wedding. You're not surprised to find movie rentals, uh, ammunition, beer, and bait at the same store. And your grandma's car is a dually. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that God can use all kinds of people, and he especially uses and can use Kansans. We delight him. We're entering a section of 2 Corinthians that contains profound truth in that it explains the process by which God releases his power among his people. And last week we, we discovered Paul's uh, teaching uh, as he battled against Satan who's aggressively blinding the eyes of the unbelievers today and causing difficulty within, within the, uh, the Christian tribe. And uh, the light of the gospel, though, is a whole lot brighter than any darkness that Satan can cause. So let's read 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 7 and learn how God uses cracked pots. Paul writes, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made us understand that it is the brightness of his glory that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. But this precious treasure, this light and power that now shine within us is held in a perishable container, that is, in our weak bodies. Everyone can see the glorious, that the glorious power within must be from God and is not of our own. I want to focus on three truths today. The first is I want to talk about pots. Pots. Uh, that's us. That's you and me. We're just a plain old pot. I want to talk about power, and, and that's Jesus in us. And then there's the paradox, and that's the mysterious process God uses to release his power in the world today. Well, let's, the plain pot. My, my humanity and your humanity is, is like a, uh, an empty clay jar. And the word for clay pots literally means earthenware. It was, uh, it was a word used to describe plain, ordinary, run-of-the-mill pots, which is a good analogy of your and my life. 
We're just plain. We're simple people. We are, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing special about us. There's nothing that is, that is uh, can be necessarily attractive. Some of you can be. Some of you are. But some of us are just kind of run-of-the-mill. And, and in that, let me give you a dose of reality. About the time that you think that you're a real big deal, understand when God made you, he used a lump of dirt. So think about this. <laughs> Look at me. Ah, you're dirt. You're dirt. You're just a jug of mud. You, God, God took what he had. He could have had rocks. He could have had ragweed. He had mud, dirt, and that's how we were created. So don't have too high of a price, put too high of a price on yourselves because we aren't all that apart from Jesus Christ. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So, so that's how we came to be. Yeah, he, he, took the, he took the dirt, and he breathed, into, breathed uh, God life into us, and, and we became uh, uh, humans in the image and likeness of him. And then he took woman from the man and made you wonderful things. So ladies, um, if guys, think of it this way, if guys are mud, you women are barbecue. <laughs> Ribs. And, and you choose if you want to be beef or pork. There's a lot of references in the Bible that speak of God as the master potter and and we are the clay. In Isaiah 64, 8, we read that, uh, Yet, O oh Lord, you are the, our Father. We're the clay, and you're the potter. We're all formed by your hand. We didn't do a thing. It's all God. We're flawed and cracked in our humanity like clay pots in the Old Testament. We're just baked containers made of mud. And, and yet, God uses these clay pots. He uses you, and he uses me. And there's all sizes of these pots. You can have a little one, and you can have a great big one. You can have the medium size, and they can be cracked, they can be chipped, they can have holes in them. The inevitable blessing of believing in Jesus and continuing to obey his word is to know the truth about we as pots. In a postmodern world where hope is discovering absolute truth, and that's been, that's, that's been, for the most part, abandoned because there is no absolute truth in the postmodern world. And Pilate uh, asked uh, the, the cynical question, what is truth, when Jesus was, uh, came before him. And the modern skeptics are left with nothing but their own ignorance and despair which is the fruit of their futile search for truth. It isn't, it isn't the truth that we see in the Bible. It's the, the truth that's, that's made out of whole cloth, out of the minds of the skeptic. And the truth comes not from knowing the revelation of Scripture concerning Christ, but also from being taught by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. That's what we're taught by the Holy Spirit. 
It isn't just we're reading the Bible and you say, ah, that makes sense. And the reason it makes sense is because the Holy Spirit illuminates us, shines that light of truth in our minds so that we can understand what the principles of Scripture are that are being taught. And, and, the, and the undeniable truth here, and we're going to have three undeniable truths today, but an undeniable truth is God didn't create me to be a decoration. <laughs> God created me to contain something valuable. So, you're not just a pretty pot sitting on the, the mantle of life. You are a pot full of flaws and cracks and chips and breaks. Maybe it was you were dropped and, and you're super glued together. But you're, you're, you're made to be used, not to be a decoration. A pot or a vessel is designed and created to hold something, not just the decoration. The decoration is called a vase. So if you have a vase, do we have any vases in our house? We do? We got flower pots too. Yeah. Flower pots also make good targets. Uh, Consider for a moment the pots in your home. Uh, As long as they sit empty, they aren't really fulfilling the reason they were made. Now, we, we have saucepans. We have, and they, they, they're, they're non-stick things. We have fry pans. We have a, a, a do we still have that griddle? That, is that still around? Uh, we even got this thing. It's a roaster pan, but it's not used for roasting. It's, we call it the barf pan. So, so we get sick. Somebody say, hey, go get the barf pan. And, and uh, you'll never be fixed food in that. Well, no, you won't. You won't. So a pot doesn't really truly become a pot until it's holding something. You know, spaghetti, peas, soup. Then it's useful. Then it's really doing what it's supposed to be doing. Let me show you some slides of, of pots. So we've got the pretty flower pot. Now that's a decoration, and you could plant something in there. And, and ladies, you don't like just a plain old terracotta pot sitting out there on your, on your wherever you're sitting. Uh, you want the flower pot, the pretty thing. The next is uh, a useful pot. You, know, you look at that. There's some decoration to it, but you can grow things in it. That's the, the, a pot that is, that is of value. It's, it, it is useful. It does some good. And then the last pot is the cracked. And that's, that's me. And, and that's you. You know, we're cracked and we're broken and sometimes we need help getting put back together. Sometimes we, we uh, may have a couple of pieces missing because somebody swept up the pieces and, and so there's this gaping hole in the side of us. But it represents who we are. The first pot is, is a piece of pottery that's been fired and glazed and painted and it's pretty enough to be a decoration alone. It calls attention to itself because it is so pretty. And that, that reminds me of some people who think that they're doing God a favor just by being around. You're a big deal because you can do this and you can do that. You're a big deal because at one time you did something incredibly special but haven't really done anything since. 
You're a big deal who has had these wonderful thoughts about what you'd like to do, but you've never pulled the trigger. And, and God says, you're just a pretty pot. You're not doing what you've been designed to do. God didn't create us just to be a decoration. He created you to, to be something much more important. Which brings us to that second pot, which is, in this case, is it's doing what the pot is really designed to do. It's holding something. It's holding flowers or uh, your mini herb garden. In this case, it's displaying something. I don't, I don't know what they are. Maybe they're going to bloom. Uh, maybe it's something you pick off and eat. I don't know what is in that thing. But our attention isn't drawn to the pot itself. Our attention is drawn to what's being displayed. Our attention in this life, if all you're doing is looking at my pot, which is slowly shrinking... If that's all you're doing is looking at the pot, you've missed it. Because if, if that is all I am, is a decoration, I've missed it. What you need to be doing is looking, what we need to be doing as, as, as children of God, we need to be building in our lives. We need to be following after Christ. We need to be looked at as what the product is in this pot. What's coming out? What is it that you're, that you're saying? What is it that you're doing? What is it that you're feeling? What is it that you're sharing with your friends? And if they can tell no difference between you and the world, you're just another pretty pot. I want the attention to be drawn to my character rather than what this thing is. The third pot is cracked and broken, which I'm going to talk about near the end of the message, but for now, we consider the first two. See, God didn't create us to sit around and look nice and call attention to ourselves, or sit back and pot spout all these uh, things that, that uh, make people feel good. God created me and you to be plain pots to contain valuable things, the character of God the will of God, his desires that God has for us, the fruit of the Spirit, our giftedness that each one of us who has named the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior has. He wants to see those gifts flow out of that pot and be put to use to build up the body of Christ. Amen? We sometimes think God doesn't need anything or anyone, but when you understand this truth, you realize that in one sense... God needs empty pots to fill up his treasure. And the treasure is the kingdom. And so some people's thoughts, thoughts, pots are already full. We fill our pots with all kinds of things. Some people are full of themselves, greed, a desire for money, a desire to look good, a desire for accomplishments. You know, that's what's growing out of their pot. God can't fill... A pot if it's full. Think about that. If the pot's already full, God can't fill it because it's already got things in it. Now, God wants to fill that empty pot, us. 
God needs empty pots. You re- recall the story in Second Second uh, Kings chapter four. The uh, the widow uh, didn't have anything. Was down to her last little bit of oil, and the prophet came by and said, you know, and she was telling the story. You know, let's we'll make a loaf of bread and and uh, son, we're going to die. So let's eat and have one last meal, and we're going to die. And so Elijah come by, came by and, and he says, what do, you, what do you have? She says, all I've got is this little bit of oil. He says, tell you what, go to your neighbors, go into the highways and byways of the community. You find pots and pans and barrels and you find everything that you can bring home that will contain oil. Bring it home. And she went, she and her said, they went all over the neighborhood collecting pots and pans. And so she got him, and he says, okay, now empty the oil into the receptacle. And she did, and it kept flowing and flowing and flowing. It filled one pot, two pots, three pots. She started filling all the pots. And when there were no more pots to fill, the miracle stopped. Elijah said, okay, pay off your debts, sell the rest, and live on the prophets. See, an empty pot was used to contain the miracle. So you as men and women and, and young people of God, if you're an empty pot, you are just, you're, you're just waiting to be filled with the miracle of God to build his kingdom. When we present ourselves to God as empty jars, he can fill us with his Holy Spirit. And I, I imagine the widow wished she had more pots <laughs> after, that, after, after that miracle. Well, the second thing is Jesus' power. Christ lives in me like a treasure jar. And the word translated treasure here is the word thesaros. We get our word, the book that says stuff, thesaros. We get our are, uh, which is a, a book that contains anonyms, synonyms, uh, rhyming words, all kinds of things. It's a literary and verbal treasure trove of words. The plainest, most unlikely clay jars contain priceless treasure of the life of Jesus Christ. The second undeniable truth is I can never successfully imitate Jesus, but I can contain and display his life in me. Trying to imitate Christ is, a, is performance-based religion, and it only produces misery and failure if we're imitating it, not being genuine. And one time, let me give you an example. One time Jesus was in a storm, and we know what he did. He spoke to the wind and the rain and said in Mark 4.39, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. It's simply containing the life of Jesus and allowing him to live his life in and through my body, in my personality. That's what he's speaking truth into my life. The focus can't be on the jar. It must always be on the treasure within us. The last thing is the paradox. Uh, God delights in using imperfect vessels. I'm, I am, I'm imperfect. Uh, I'm, I am uh, cracked and, and broken and try as she might, Sarita tries to shine me up, paint me up, and the cracks still come through. And so after 50 years, she says, well, 
I guess this is what I got. I'll spray paint you once a year and maybe that'll be okay. Maybe if I can plant some things in you, they'll quit looking at your cracks and start looking at what you're producing through the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone can see that the glorious power must within us must be from God and it's not our own. So we tend to place people in social levels based on their wealth and their education, their social status. And we think we know our place and we unconsciously place some people below us in the social ladder and some people above us. And in God's order of things, there's nobody below us and there's nobody above us. At the foot of the cross, we're all equal. And I think it's part of God's sense of humor that he often chooses to use the most unlikely candidates, the most beat-up pots, to use in determining his plan. I think, it's, I think it's really cool to look at Bart. See, he woke up. Yeah, I was almost asleep. To look at his life two years down the road from where he was, three years down the road, and hear him tell his story you know, 10 years down the road and where he is today. You look at him. He's got some scars. He's got some scratches. He's got some bangs and dents and he's got a few pieces missing. But, uh, <laughs> but the beauty of that pot is what God has been putting in him. And he's no different than you and I. His cracks are just in different places. So I, I, I praise God in that he chose me to carry out his plan. And God can use anybody to accomplish it. He delights in using those the world considers inferior. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth to remind them the kind of people God uses. Notice in 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29. Notice among yourselves, dear brothers that a few of you who follow Christ have big names or power or wealth. Instead, God has deliberately chosen to use ideas the world considers foolish and of little worth in order to shame those people considered by the world as wise and great. He has chosen a plan despised by the world, counted as nothing at all, and used it to bring down to nothing those the world considers great so that no one anywhere can ever brag in the presence of God. There's a lot of stuff I don't have. You know, I, I, I brag at being a mathematical nitwit. I have, I, I, and yet, I've got other skills. And you may have this gift, music. And I don't have a musical bone in my body. But God's given me other abilities. He's given me a heart where when you're hurting, I hurt with you. You need your hand held, I'll hold it till your hand goes to sleep. You come to me and your guts are coming out of you and you're, you're just emotionally bleeding all over me. Man, that's vitamin A, B, C, and D to me. I love that. I love being used of God to help those who are hurting. I like using my broken pot so people won't think that 
their brokenness is something that's beneath everybody else. God called and used a, an overweight, uneducated shoe salesman. His name's Dwight was Dwight Moody, and today, a hundred years after his after his death, you see Moody Bible Institute. There's Moody Press. There was there was uh, uh, Moody Bible Church, or it's Moody Church. And yet here is a man that only had a third grade education. His his English was was abysmal. He was preaching to educated people in England and he started his message by saying, don't never think that God don't love you for he do. This man changed the world by his preaching. He was a cracked pot, but he was empty. He was an empty pot who allowed God to fill him with a priceless treasure of Jesus Christ. That third, last undeniable truth is a cracked pot reveals more of God's light. You can't see a pot, what's inside it, without there being some cracks. The light won't reflect outside if there aren't pieces missing, if there isn't some brokenness. Second Corinthians 4, 7, now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So let me wrap this up. We throw away things when they're broken, but God cherishes using broken people. Jesus took five loaves of bread from that young boy and, and broke, the, broke the, the loaves before he multiplied them. We've got to be broken before God's going to be able to really use us and use multiplication in our life. Mary brought the alabaster box of perfume and it didn't do anything until she broke that bottle and put it on the Lord and the smell filled the room. For the beauty, there had to be brokenness. And when you're broken, the fragrance of Christ can be detected in your life. At the, upper, at the supper uh, in the upper room, Jesus said, This is my body, broken for you. God used cracked pots so that he and he alone will be glorified. Relish, rejoice in being an empty cracked pot fit for the master's use. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen the foolishness of man, us humans, frail and fragile and weak and broken. You've chosen to use us to fulfill your purpose, to fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love. You've chosen us to communicate that wonderful gospel of grace to the masses. You've chosen us to be examples of who Jesus is. That through us, and the light shining through us, others might be drawn to you. Oh, Father God, I, I, I thank you for the privilege of being a broken vessel fit for the Master's use. Thank you, Lord, that there was a day when when you went to the cross to save all of us who are broken and, and worn out, chipped and cracked and dented, without hope, that if we just ask you to forgive our sin 
And Lord, that we invite you to come into our lives to save us from that sin. You'll do it. Lord, you went to that cross that we might have life and have it abundantly and eternally. You paid the total price on that cross for our salvation and we thank you for that. If you're here today, my friend, and you feel that you have no use, you feel that you're broken, beat up, bent up, you have pieces missing, you're chipped and cracked, and you feel empty, step up because you're right where God wants to start using you and start filling you with all the glories, with everything in, in, in heaven that he has so that you're fit for the master's use. And we thank you for it all. In your son's precious name and for his sake, amen.